Hello and welcome back to the Chelsea Overseas podcast. Chelsea have just beaten Norwich and Southampton, thumping Norwich 7-0 and defeating Southampton in the League Cup on penalties 4-3 and Kepa comes up big. We're going to be getting into both of those games and then we'll be looking forward to a couple big games coming up. Newcastle in the Premier League on the weekend and Malmo in the UCL this coming week. So, unfortunately, Michael's not able to join me today, so it's just me today. So we're going to get right into it. Chelsea versus Norwich, 7-0. 7-0. Incredible. It was a wonderful game, a brilliant way uh, to wake up on in Canada and be able to watch this game super early and be treated to such a dominant display, uh, which sets a really good mood for the rest of the day. So that was really nice. And overall, I thought it was a really good performance. I thought we were really, really good. Um, Norwich, obviously, I don't think really showed much. Uh, I, I think they're actually probably worse than they were two years ago. Uh, I think they they gave it a genuine shot two years ago. Um, they didn't win many games two years ago, but they had some life to them. And they put in some decent performances and and did get a few results. They just look like the life has been drained out of them in, in this result. It, it, it isn't looking good. But... Chelsea took full advantage and and no strikers, no problem. I think that's the big takeaway uh, from from this game. It, it was it was dominant. It was ruthless. And what I think was different about this performance is in in these types of games, usually you see Chelsea win these two or three nil, maybe four nil at most. Uh, but they were really really ruthless Saturday, absolutely ruthless. And it was almost like a Man City-esque ruthlessness, which you don't often see from Chelsea. And it was it was really good. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And a couple of the big things where I think they were dominant from the start. Um, they got at Norwich from the start. The intensity that they pressed with um, uh, from front to back to make sure that Norwich couldn't get any sort of counterattacks going. That was a big theme throughout the 90 minutes. And then just in possession, Chelsea looked really, really good. And and the biggest thing was, was the ruthlessness. They played Norwich off the pitch and were ruthless. They were better than them in every aspect and were, were simply ruthless. Um, and I think we were just dominant through the whole 90 minutes we were really 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 good and I was really happy with it and I think as I said it was no strikers no problem um and it it just shows our depth I think one thing I love about the attacking options we have is and I pointed this out I think last week in that they can rotate almost anywhere through that front three um a lot of the guys in in those positions can play multiple places in that front three. And that just allows for a really fluid um, Chelsea team 
and the really fluid front three that you can you can rotate with. And when there is an injury, yes, you miss uh, Romelu's hold-up play. Yes, you miss Timo's speed in behind, but you have something different with with Kai Havertz, who's still able to lead the line. And then you get more of an out-and-out winger in Callum Hudson-Odoi and someone who likes to drop into the pockets and play kind of as a number 10 in Mason Mount. So you, you, I, I thought the front three worked really well together. Uh, all three players kind of gave Chelsea something different. And Tuchel found a way. And, and this team found a way. And they were ruthless. So, yes, I thought the performance was was amazing. I thought it was perfect. I thought um, off the ball again, the, the the Chelsea press was there. Uh, Tuchel liked the amount of high ball recoveries that we made. And that just allowed us to suffocate Norwich. And then in possession, we, we moved the ball uh, extremely well. The midfield was dominant. Kova and Jorginho were were absolutely dominant. One thing in our attack that I want to point out that I thought was really nice was the kind of wingbacks in Alonso and Reese James would come inside and then Mason Mount and Kalamatsu Nadoi would hold the width on the outside. So it was kind of a nice tactical um, change that, that Thomas Tuchel made. Uh, both wingbacks also got on the score sheet, which was amazing. And that that was really good. And, and Chelsea were ruthless in that. Even after the game was basically won, they kept that intensity defensively and they, they continued to be ruthless. And and it was, it was a really, really, really top, top performance. Uh, it was really, really good. And in terms of Mason Mount, uh, the hat trick... It, w- it was amazing, uh, and and I-, I think obviously everyone's kind of seen that Mason Mount maybe isn't at the level that he was at the second half of the year, but it's coming, it's coming, uh, it's coming back, and you know Tuchel's had to rest him a few games anyways, uh, but he's he's back and he's back with a bang with a hat trick and. Yeah, I, I think I think that was important for Mason Mount. I think that was a really, really important moment for Mason Mount because I don't think he's hit top form this year. Um, Tuchel said that there's a little bit of a mental and physical strain uh, on him from all the football he's played uh, with the Euros and the the role he's played for England and everything. But he just he, he's going to be perfectly fine. Uh, I have. I have no doubts, and Tuchel's definitely being careful with his minutes, but I think Mason Mount slowly but surely is coming back to to top form. That was a really, really good hat trick. He was the man of the match, and I mean the first goal was was really, really nice. It was it was vintage uh, Mason Mount. He can he could pull the trigger from uh, just outside the box makes him out. And, and maybe I will kind of want to see that more from him at times, but it was it was a really nice goal. And um, the second one obviously gets a little bit of, of luck to retake that penalty, uh, puts it home. And then and then the third one, Ruben Loftus-Cheek um, just squares it to him and then he taps it in. But it was really nice build up on the seventh goal. 
um, to expose the space that Norwich left in behind. But Mason Mount was was really, really good. And I think to recap this performance, I think it highlights the depth. I think it highlights the fact that Chelsea can rotate and and maybe miss a couple players through injury and still maintain a really top level. Um, the depth shows in the fact that we share the goals. Um, we're not reliant on on one player. You can see the goals come from the wing backs. Chilwell's absolutely on fire. Uh, Mason Mount comes up with three. Callum gets on the score sheet. So it, it just shows depth, the ability to rotate, and it's a ruthless, ruthless win. It was a really good win, and I'm really happy with it. So, yeah, we're uh, we're top of the table, and it was it was a beautiful, beautiful game to watch early in the morning and uh it was a good moment so top of the table and really happy and now moving on to Chelsea versus Southampton in the League Cup um I think basically every Chelsea fan could probably agree it wasn't our best showing um it, it was a like I said after Aston Villa it was a a proper cup tie it was uh you had it was kind of end-to-end at times. The game in the second half really got pretty stretched. Both teams went for it. And, and I mean, these things can happen in the Cup. I, I, I don't... I think it was... The performance was, was subpar. I didn't think it was good. Uh, I didn't think it was terrible. It was kind of subpar. Uh, that's how kind of I'd sum it up. I thought Chelsea started the game really well. Um, created a couple of really good opportunities, uh, transitioning um, and, and playing out of that Southampton press. But then Southampton kind of found their feet. I don't think the back three that we played with is super comfortable um, in, in those roles. Uh, that's obviously not our typical back three. I think Chalaba prefers to play on the right of the three. Um, Malang Sar uh, has done really well, but I, I I think we have options that we were are more comfortable in that. But in a cup game, when you rotate, um, even even the midfield, we had Ross Barkley in there, Saul was in there, so there was rotation. And I thought maybe we we didn't have the rhythm, the fluidity um, that we that we saw over the past week, um, and even at times against Brentford. So, yeah, I think I think the rotation kind of, it was a lot of rotation. It was a lot of rotation. And, you know, the Carabao Cup, in all honesty, it maybe isn't our biggest priority. It's not. So, you know, and, and Southampton are a team that always bring a lot of energy and an intensity in their press. So I think you can cut Chelsea some slack on this performance, given that it's a cup game, given knockout football, you rotate, you have six injuries. If For those who don't know, Cesar Aspilicueta, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and Andreas Christensen were all ruled out like the day before the game because of minor uh, injuries, uh, but they should be back for the weekend. And uh, Tuchel said they were pretty much in line to start. So maybe there were some last minute changes in there too. 
Um, so I think maybe you can cut Chelsea some slack on this one in terms of the the performance was, as I said, subpar. There were good moments. I think in the second half, we could have put the game away. Uh, we had some some good situations in the uh, attacking third with Kai Havertz. Um, I remember him and Barkley had a nice exchange. Callum had some good situations uh, higher up the pitch, but we couldn't find uh, the the goal in the second half to win the game. And yeah, I think I think the first half Chelsea started well. Southampton grew into it. We lack a little bit of rhythm, and then in the second half, the game gets very stretched. Both teams. Uh, go for it. It becomes a game for the spectators, <laughs> one that uh, is good for the neutrals. Um, and then we can't we can't find the second goal, and then we have to go to penalties, and obviously Kepa comes up big. So I, I think you can cut Chelsea a little bit of slack. The performance wasn't good enough, but I think you can cut him some slack. And cup tie, lots of changes, last minute injuries. Maybe you can cut him some slack on this one, but uh, the most important thing I'm <laughs> I started off with maybe a couple negatives there, but the most important thing is that we absolutely won the game, <laughs> and and that's the most important thing. And then and, and there were good things we could that game was uh, there to win in the second half, and then uh, the real positive I think the biggest positive that uh, you can take from this is Kepa uh, again. Uh, I think we're really confident going into penalty shootouts uh, right now. And and a lot of times penalty shootouts maybe are our luck of the draw. Um, at times, uh, there is a fair bit of maybe fortune in it. But Kepa's clearly, it's not a luck thing. He's, he's clearly very good at it. And uh, I, I was watching this post-match interview after. Seems like he just enjoys it. Uh, uh, very confident, um in those situations. So that that's really nice to have. And yeah, he was the hero, uh, well-deserved man of the match. And uh, he came up big. And and Reese James is just ice cold uh, being the fifth taker on penalties, which is nice. But yeah, the the composure, the concentration to to go into that penalties and um, and win the game was, was really, really good. So... Yeah, I, I didn't think it was the greatest performance from Chelsea, but the most important thing was that we got through it. And we we still created a lot. Um, more in the second half we created, but we we created enough. And, and then in the penalties, we had the concentration uh, to get the job done. And uh, well done, Kappa. And then in terms of I wanted to just touch on So. Uh, I thought he was was really good um, and, and got better as the game went along. I think you saw his confidence go up and he tried a couple efforts from outside the box in the second half. Um, the first one, I really felt he could have scored. Uh, just went wide, but yeah, no, I thought he was really good. Uh, I, I think that was a huge step forward in, in terms of just getting into some sort of maybe rhythm at Chelsea, uh, getting up to the speed of the game. Uh, just looked uh, so much more up to speed. And I think you saw his confidence grow as the game went on, and, and that's really good to see, and hopefully we'll see more of it. So 
Yeah, I think I think overall that's good for the Southampton uh, game. As I said, I think the performance maybe wasn't the best, but I think even you see in Tuchel's post-match interview that he's willing to cut him some slack in terms of, like I said, it's a cup game. You have some last-minute injuries, maybe a back three that doesn't play as often together. So you have guys who haven't played, who hasn't played a lot. So it wasn't ideal, but uh, I'm extremely happy with the ability to keep getting results, keep the momentum, positive momentum, get another win uh, into the quarterfinals of the League Cup, which is great. And to win when you're not at your best is is big for uh, for for good teams. That. Because with the amount of games, with the rotation you have to do, you're not always going to be at your best. And at Chelsea won without being at their best, and that's really good. And when you can make all these rotations and still um, win the game, uh, that's really, really good. So I, uh, I'm i really, really happy with with the win. We're very happy, and uh, we're into the quarterfinals. So I am very happy that we're into the quarterfinals, and... Uh, a really good two games, Norwich, Southampton, another two wins, and uh, let's keep the ball rolling. Really happy. All right, welcome back. We are going to get into two matches. We're going to get into Newcastle. We're going to get into Malmo. And I actually just, we haven't got a chance on this podcast to talk about it, but obviously there has been a takeover at Newcastle United, uh, the public investment fund from uh, a group in Saudi Arabia has taken over Newcastle. They are estimated to be worth at about $320 billion, and that would make them the richest club in the world. So obviously this is something that's been coming for Newcastle. It's been... Uh, four years in the making that Amanda Staveley and who's the chairman of Newcastle and the public investment fund have uh, tried to get over the line and they finally got it over the line. And I think I, I think there's two things. Obviously, this is big for Newcastle. This is similar to our takeover with Roman Abramovich, similar to Sheikh Mansur's takeover with Manchester City and similar to the Qatar takeover with uh, Paris Saint-Germain where it's foreign ownership, billionaire foreign ownership taking over a football club and and turning it around overnight in quotations. Uh, so that, that's basically what's happened. Um, with time, they will begin to invest large amounts of money Um and Newcastle should be on, on the rise in the coming years and look to follow the model that Chelsea, Manchester City, and Paris Saint-Germain have, have done themselves. And so there's that. Um, there's also obviously this being a Saudi Arabian ownership group. There are questions obviously about human rights and and that kind of thing. There, Saudi Arabia obviously does have their own uh situations with human uh rights and some people think that they shouldn't be allowed to take over 
uh, a football club. Others, like I, I've, I've kind of ag- agreed on Gary Neville with it. I see both ways, but Gary Neville basically said that he thinks that it's you. We shouldn't be a, a, like abandoning them and saying that they they can't have any place in the Premier League. We should use sport could be, and I agree with this. Uh, Gary Neville said sport could be a a drive for social change, and and I do agree with that. Um, and he basically said that having them in the Premier League at least allows for open discussions, uh, open community uh, allows you to communicate with them and help them because Saudi Arabia have taken steps uh, as far as I know but are not probably where they should be um, so at least having them in the Premier League instead of shutting them away it allows for open discussion it allows you to help them take steps forward and use sport to help Saudi Arabia as a nation uh, take take steps forward. So obviously this ownership group has direct uh, relation to uh, the Saudi Arabian government. So that's how these topics come up. And yeah, that I, I agree with that, but I also wouldn't really agree if someone says we shouldn't have them in the Premier League. I see both sides. Um, I kind of liked what Gary Neville said, but I, I can see both sides. So those are that's kind of the controversy, uh, what it means for Newcastle. It's obviously probably going to make the Premier League even stronger, which is scary, um, but I guess good for the game. Uh, and then there's also the side where you can ask, maybe is it good for the game? Because now we have, think about it. You have, is this the only way that the gap can be bridged between smaller clubs and clubs like Manchester City and Chelsea. Is this the only way? For a team like, let's say, Burnley, just say, to compete with Chelsea, do they have to get a foreign ownership group that are worth billions? Is this basically the route we're headed? And, and the answer to that probably is yes. And I guess that is the way we're headed. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think in, in terms of the game, it's, it's maybe just the reality that with, you know, obviously North American sports, we're, we're different in that. We have uh, different forms of salary caps and everything, but... Uh, obviously, in in Europe, it's 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 different, and uh, I guess this is it. This is the way. If you want to be competing with clubs like Chelsea and Manchester City and United and Liverpool and so on, you you need an owner that is ready to invest billions and billions and keep investing. Uh, so, yeah, those are those are the controversies. Those are the uh, topics surrounding it, as far as I understand. Um, 
And I just want to say something in terms, too, of the Steve Bruce sacking. Um, obviously, Newcastle fans weren't really a fan of, New, of Steve Bruce, really, from the start. I don't like the situation. I don't like how they let him go. Um, it, it, it just, I think that Steve Bruce was brought in to keep them in the Premier League, and he did it. He kept them in the Premier League every year he was there. So, did he really deserve that? Does it, no one deserves the abuse Steve Steve Bruce got, but he actually did a fairly good job. So that's just me. And and they complain. Maybe Newcastle fans complain about the the brand of football that Steve Bruce plays. But I. I think Rafa Benitez didn't <laughs> didn't play something more entertaining when he was there, and they loved him. So that that's an interesting one. Um, I I don't like the way that Steve Bruce was let go. Uh, I, I I really don't like it. But sometimes this this sport can be really harsh, and I guess that's what's happened. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's it's new days at Newcastle. Plenty of controversy. Plenty of topics, but I think we should go into the more important thing right now, which is Chelsea versus Newcastle, Saturday at St. James's Park. And Newcastle's still looking for their first wing, and I expect Chelsea to be ruthless like they were against Norwich. Am I expecting 7-0? No, <laughs> but I, I expect them to be ruthless. I expect Chelsea, I'm sure um, Tuchel will... will Put out a very, very strong lineup. And I think Kai will remain at the false nine until Timo and uh, Romelu come back. But I think it'll be a very strong lineup. Uh, and and these are the games you absolutely have to win. You know, like I've said so many times, it's people say actually that, you know, Norwich, whatever, they're a bad team. Obviously, Chelsea would beat them. And yeah, Norwich aren't great. And Chelsea won. But if you don't, if, these are the games in the past two or three years that we would drop points. We weren't, we didn't have the consistency to pick up points on a consistent basis uh, against teams we should be beating. And that's been a big problem over the past few years. And we've done really well with that so far. And we got to keep going because we have Newcastle and then Burnley before the international break. And if we could pick up six points, will uh, remain at the top of the table. So these are the games you absolutely have to win. And I expect Tuchel to put out a very strong lineup. Uh, he made his changes against Southampton. Strong lineup. Um, the back three, Rudiger, Thiago, Aspi, everyone back in. And um, I, I expect a top, top, top performance. And I expect in terms of the game, I expect Chelsea to dominate proceedings. I expect them... Um, to dominate those midfield areas, to win the ball back quickly, uh, make it difficult for Newcastle to transition and um, use those wing backs to get in, in behind Newcastle. And hopefully the front three of Chelsea is as fluid as it was against Norwich and we can create multiple opportunities. So I, I expect Chelsea to be dominant uh, in this game, but you know, the Premier League is the Premier League. It's not always that way. And, and you have to watch out 
obviously for Alain St. Maximin, who I think is is a wonderful player. Uh, I, I really enjoy watching him. Um, on the counterattack, he can be a handful. And Chelsea will have to be wary of him. And you don't want to get into one-on-one situations with him. So you want to press at the right in the right situations and and you don't want to have you want to make sure you have the numbers behind the ball to take care of say maximan and nullify that threat uh because he has plenty of play pace and plenty of trickery uh up his sleeve so he's definitely one to watch uh say maximan but yeah there's a listen there's a brush of fresh air at newcastle for sure um but there's still a team that hasn't won a game. There's still a team that maybe lacks a little bit of confidence um, and defensively are, are shipping a lot of goals. So Chelsea, like Norwich, has to put them under pressure early. I think you have to make the crowd unhappy early um, and just shut out the crowd for early on. And And like I said, I want them to be dominant in those midfield areas press Newcastle, nullify that threat of, of St. Maximan because that's if something's going to come from someone for Newcastle, it's probably St. Maximan. So, yeah, uh, I think this is a, a big one. Chelsea have to be at it and, uh, and ready to go. And I, I think it'll be a good game. So, yeah, I, I expect three points, no less than three points, and uh, it would keep us top of the league, which is big. And as I said, we have to take advantage of the games against the bottom half of the table teams. So th- these are games you absolutely have to win, and uh, I'm excited for it, but we need three points, and hopefully we can get three points. And moving on to Malmo, uh, final topic. I think... Obviously, this is uh, an away game uh, this time around. Um, maybe that can make it a little bit tougher. We have to travel. Mm, you have the crowd for Malmo a little bit. But I expect more of the same. Um, I expect... I don't expect Tuchel to rotate too much. Uh, I think he did a lot of his rotating against Southampton. I expect him to kind of go right through here. Uh, with Newcastle, Momo, and then Burnley before the international break. And I expect more of the same than from we saw what we saw in the first game against Momo. I think Chelsea have done a really good job of mentally just staying 100% in the moment, focused, not looking too much forward, um, taking the role of being the favorites uh, in a lot of these games on really well and, and being humble about it, but being ruthless. And they have to continue that. And with Malmo, again, I, I don't really think they offer too much. Um, but with the crowd this time, you don't want this team in the game. You don't want come the second half, the game's still nil-nil or 1-1 or whatever. Because then the crowd can get involved and then football can happen. <laughs> so you want to have a good start, shut out that crowd and... Uh, and really stamp your authority on, on this game early and, and find the rhythm early and, 
and be ruthless and take your chances. So, yeah, that is basically everything uh, with Malmo. I think in terms of uh, the the striker position, uh, Kai will start both. I think N'Golo Kante will come back in uh, for these games. Jorginho also um, at some point. Uh, Chilwell and Reese are on fire uh, at wing back, so I think uh, Tuchel's got to keep rolling with them. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be nice to have Thiago Silva and uh, Tony Rudiger uh, back after they weren't involved against Southampton. So yeah, I love Ruben Loftus Cheek. I want to see him uh, get some minutes. So I'm looking forward to it. Maybe Christian Pulisic can come back into. Uh, the lineup hopefully soon. I know there's so much frustration, uh, including myself, with Christian Pulisic because every time you think something's going well, then an injury happens and just keeps him on the sidelines. But hopefully he can come back soon. And I really like Christian Pulisic. Um, so I hope he's back soon. And I hope uh, Mason Mount can uh, continue getting amongst the goals. So looking forward to it. Two big games coming up. A uh, couple must wins uh, for sure. Uh, you need three points in both of these games. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So we will be back next week to recap the games over uh, Newcastle Mamo, And then preview our final game for the international break, which is against Burnley. So looking forward to it. Go Chelsea, guys. Thank you for listening. Up to Chelsea.